1: Welcome back to Officially Unofficial presented by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American Johnny Junta. And we are here with former Grand Canyon Antelope and Cincinnati Reds prospect, Quinn Cotton. How are we? I'm doing
2: great. Doing great. Happy to be here.
1: And before we get into this, I wanted to talk about this because humble brag, you followed us first. You followed the podcast first. So some may say you're a fan of the show. How did you find out about us? How did this happen? What What, what, what went on?
2: Dude, I, I just got my finger on the pulse of baseball Twitter. And I've come, <laughs> I've come across your clips a couple times. Um, and I was like, you know what? I, I got to check them out. I got to keep up with them.
1: There it is. I And you know what? That means we're, that means we're doing well. That means yeah. we're, we're putting asses in seats. That's what that means. And I want to talk about Grand Canyon. Because yeah. this school, in my mind, is, is, <clears throat> sorry, is top five in the nation, party-wise. And let's just say, in the female population, wise too. Of course, Grand Canyon. How unbelievable, how unbelievably awesome is it to attend? Maybe the best school in America. It was, it was a blessing,
2: man. Like GCU was the greatest choice for my baseball career, and just like socially too. Um, with how many, you know, minor leaguers, how many big leaguers live in Arizona? Like being set up here, having friends here, having family here—it's—it's it's been awesome. Um, School-wise, man, you're—you're you're dead on it with the girls. <laughs> I ain't gonna <laughs> lie about that. Um, it's Arizona though. It's uh, it's common out here. <laughs>
1: Do you guys have like rivalries? Because obviously Arizona State's there, Arizona's mm. there. Is there certain schools that you guys despise, maybe hate, or just like these guys are just clowns or losers?
2: Yeah, New Mexico State. Really? Uh, yeah, they're in our conference for for everything. Um, in baseball wise, like we had some good rivalries with them. Uh, they got some big leaguers. They got some studs over there. Um, and then basketball wise, it was always us and them in our uh, conference tournament. And we finally got over the hump last year and got into the tournament. Um, but yeah, dude, New Mexico State. We, I I don't know what it is. It's I think it's the fact that. Las Cruces, New Mexico is the worst place in the entire world. And when you get to go there year after year, it's, it just wears on you, man. I, I, I wouldn't wish that on anybody so, to have to go to Las Cruces.
1: So how deep did this rivalry go? Like, is it to the point where it's like, man, fuck these guys. Like we're getting into arguments with these guys or like, what, what, what like, where was the, what was the extent?
2: So freshman year, uh, I wasn't playing. It was Friday night, opening game of the series. It's like first or second batter up. And dude grounds out to short, and their catcher is like running to back up first base. And, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm bored. And this guy's got like, he's got like my hair, but it's bleach blonde, and he's a white dude. And it's, <laughs> it's just not a good look. And I'm like, oh, Robin Noodle head ass or something like that. <laughs> and as he's walking back to go catch, he's he's flipping me off behind his back. And, you know, our entire dugout saw it. We were going nuts. And it was just like from pitch one, basically. It's like, all right, it's on. And wow. I don't think we swept him that series. I think we did win the series. But, man, it's like every
1: time we played them, it's just chippy. It's rivalry, bro. We love that baseball though. I mean, we love chippy baseball. I'm an advocate for fighting in baseball. I think it should happen. I think it should be the new norm. No one, and I said this time and time again on the podcast if you're a guy that holds your teammates back in fights, I fucking hate you. Like, if if you, and some may call me a clown for that take, but Mm -hmm. I want to see fights. Like, I want to see guys fight on the field. The people need it. Rob Manfred needs it yep. for ratings. For Let rating, people go. Have you guys come close to like legit scrapping this team?
2: Um, Not really. That's, I think that's a college thing more than anything. Like benches clearing in college, that just really don't happen because, you know, scholarships, coaches, administration, all that. Um, I did clear benches once so far in the minors, but it was just. Yes. Close to seven. But I, man, I got a $50 fine just to like run off the bench.
1: So. That's so minor league. Paid it's for, so minor league. It yeah, like paid everybody. for the uh it paid for the sandwiches you guys got that night. I mean <laughs>
2: <laughs> It did. Oh so, man, I hope it went to good use. You funded the sandwiches.
1: You funded actually what you funded is is that minor league player of the year trophy where they just get um <laughs> snacks. Mm-hmm. Like Terran Vavra front of the podcast one minor league player of the year And he got like he said, he got like a little plaque with like snacks attached to it. Just the biggest joke of all time. And and when you're at Grand Canyon, I'm assuming I don't have your stats in front of me. I'm assuming you just raked. So being the big guy on campus there and being the guy that like the other teams hate to face, were you like were were teams a little bit more chippy when you were at the plate or like, fuck this guy when you were hitting?
2: Yeah, man, I like I don't feel like I have. Like a negative persona, like on the field or anything. Like, I'm not an asshole when I'm out there, but like some teams would be chirping the hell out of me, or like I would punch out or something. Yeah. And they're like on my ass more than anybody else. And I'm like, I don't think I did anything. I think they're just mad at me for like being me, which is I mean, I'll I'll take that. I don't mind that at all.
1: And your stats, I'm pulling up right now. Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, you hit 349, 349 in your college career. So at what point during this college career were you like, listen, man, I have a chance to get drafted top 10 rounds in the draft. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of better than these guys I'm playing against. I'm putting these pitchers in body bags. Mm-hmm. Like when did you realize I'm going to, I'm going to get drafted. Like I have, I'm going to be playing pro baseball. Like what age or what stage in your college career?
2: Dude, that had to be, that had to be in Alaska, which was after my freshman year. So yeah. my freshman year, i probably got, 70 at bats and I probably hit like 220 like nothing nothing special for sure but in this Alaska league I just I went off like I hit like 330 which was tops in the league um and I kind of just came into my own as a hitter and like figuring out my identity yeah and I was one of the younger kids in that league anyway but I was like damn I might have a shot here um and then that kind of rolled into my sophomore year at Grand Canyon where I won Black Player of the Year and so after that I was like all right man I just like I keep proving it, so I must be all right at this.
1: So, obviously, Grand Canyon's a big athletic school. Uh, their mm-hmm. basketball team is electric to watch. I love game. I love betting on them because mm-hmm. of their fans. Right. So, when you're whack player of the year at, mm-hmm. at, at, at a school like Grand Canyon, that's pretty much athletic based. Right. Are you looked upon as the big dog on campus? Like, did you have a little, like, little swagger to you when you're walking around? Like, where people point like, that's the whack player of the year right there. Like, what, what was your persona like, or what was, like, people looking at you as being the big dog on the baseball team at the school?
2: Man, the, the thing is, with Grand Canyon, they're so basketball-focused that it's like, we all flew under the radar. Like, Jake Wong, who was the second or third rounder with the Giants, like, he flew under the radar. He was one of our guys. And, you know, the people like who knew baseball or like new sports knew who we were, but like I'd be in line at Chick-fil-A and like, nobody's pointing me out or nothing like that. <laughs> but now it's like when I go back and like, I'll go hit there and, you know, go walk and get food afterwards. But now every once in a while I'll notice, but it's, it's such a basketball school. It's like baseball was secondary to it, even though, you know, we were doing our own thing. And I thought in a lot of ways, like we're a more complete program, but
1: yeah cuz the, the baseball team there is like nasty. I mean, I feel like yeah. I feel like every single year it's like you guys are at the top of the whack mm-hmm. and I is was Nick Gonzalez in that conference?
2: Yeah. Yeah, so he was at New Mexico State. Um, he's so good. He's so he, fucking good. A, yeah, man. And <laughs> actually that's another thing. Um like New Mexico State, we hated them because they would play like the easiest non-conference schedule early in the season. Yeah. And it would be like, "Oh, we're four weeks in and nick gonzalez has 12 homers and for a while we're like okay it's just because they're like playing the schedule they're playing the easy schedule and i don't think he did great like he had some real good at bats against us but he didn't like beat us by any means yeah and then he goes to cape cod and hit like 350 360 and i was like
1: oh shit (laughs) <laughs> like, he's, no, he's for real <laughs> dude he's so good like i've been trying change, to I, i've been trying to get him on the show for a while i mean i, I think we're close here but he mm-hmm. is unbelievable dude like yeah. and i think he just raked in the fall league too like he's just mm-hmm. so good at the game of baseball it's just it's sickening to see guys yeah. like that but and that's a funny ricochet shot because one of my really good friends keanu he played at texas southern and that was one mm-hmm. of the teams on uh yeah, that was one of the teams that Nick Gonzalez would play against, and yeah. and I remember a funny graphic of Keanu, lo- like his. They lost like forty nine nothing or something like that to New See, Mexico State. Is that is that? I heard that field's more like a launch pad though. No, is that true?
2: Dude, it, it absolutely is. I got a video of me going like completely ass out on a slider and just like flicking it, and it damn near almost goes out. Like, <laughs> and I didn't hit any bombs there. I don't think I actually had a knock there. I'm not going to lie. They they got my ass when we were there. Um, but, yeah, bro, the ball just flies. And, like, playing outfield there is another thing because you're already playing deep as hell. And then on top of that, like, you have to adjust for anything. And so I'm running into the fence, like, three times a game. Like, we're hitting bombs. They're hitting bombs. Like, it was – it's fun playing there, but I get why you know their guys are popping off with like fifteen bombs a year.
1: <laughs> I, I, so what I want to do is I want to I have to find this score. Like I I, I know okay, they scored sixty two runs on the weekend against them. I think it was. I'm trying to find it here. Mississippi Valley State or something? No, it was Texas Southern. They play Texas, Texas Southern. That's my buddy's school, and I remember we were absolutely body bagging him in our in our group chat because he would they they lost like a thousand nothing. i I'm trying to remember it, it was something like that and Nick Gonzalez went off uh, yeah they scored 62 runs in a doubleheader <laughs> like just what what are we doing here 62 runs and they like imagine actually like traveling to New Mexico state first of all like you said not the greatest place to visit yeah. and giving up sick a 62 spot in well, a doubleheader hey <laughs> 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 that's a nightmare. But okay, so man, I had some long
2: double headers, but nothing like that,
1: man. Yeah, sixty-two runs, yeah. man. It's like there, there's gotta, there has got to be like a white flag you throw or some shit like that. Like, that's just one of the most embarrassing things of all time. So when yep. you were when you were raking there, I mean, obviously, I think you hit 390 your sophomore year. Are you fucking dude, I was so damn close to hitting four hundred. So you okay? That's just humble brag. So you actually Ooh. wanted to hit four hundred? So wait a second. What stopped you from hitting 400? Like, what, what what happened? So I I know what happened. There was one dude that literally robbed a home run, and then there were
2: a few other times I got some hits taken away from me. But at that point, it's like three or four hits, and you're over 400. And then my dumbass got interviewed going into my junior year, and they're like, "Oh, you hit 390 last year." It's like, how do you follow that up? And I was like, "I'm gonna hit 400." And then.
1: <laughs> that's not good. That's yeah, uh that, that's, that's a uh, club. I mean, that's just uh rival. Like that's material that pitchers use against you. They're like, this is the guy that said he wanted to have 400. I'm going to yeah. put on my back pocket. You can't do that. That's mm-hmm. like, call, that's like calling a shot. Like that's like saying, I'm going to, we're going to win tomorrow. And it just, it just gives that little bit more extra motivation, you know?
2: Exactly. Like, I'm not sure anybody read it, but I think I just jinxed
1: jinx myself. <laughs> <laughs> i mean a guy like me i was begging at 200 in juco and you're out here p- p- calling the shots for 400 you love to see it but hey anyway, i would i would
2: kill for 330 right about now
1: what was the uh but i mean obviously the, the the game of baseball is like shying away from average though right i mean they're looking more at the power yeah. numbers and is that something that you're focusing on more now is kind of like if i'm going to strike out a little bit more here i'm looking at the power out like or what's the deal here see that's such a like
2: tricky thing as a player especially where I'm at because you know I feel like being a good hitter has what's got me to this point in my career but at the same time like I've always had I've always had juice I'm just gonna say it yeah and I'm like I can go out and hit a whole lot more home runs than I do but you know that's gonna come at the cost of my average my own base percentage it's gonna be more strikeouts and you know subconsciously this past season I don't know if it happened but I hit more home runs than I ever did. And I also struck out a lot more than I ever did. So it's just kind of the way that the game's trending. And I mean, as long as, you know, I'm still hitting for power, I think I can, you know, make it work as long as I get on base enough to, you know, still be an effective and complete hitter. I
1: mean, you hit 10 home runs this year. I mean, that's, that's a lot, especially in the minor league, especially in like that. I mean, you had ten home runs and three hundred and thirty eight at bats, which is pretty good numbers, man. I mean, especially yeah. especially a guy, I mean, especially a guy that's like the year before you hit for average, you were two eighty three the year before right, and Billings, which is I, I we have to talk about that city oh, man. what yeah. the fuck? what what are we doing here? But yeah, no, I mean, ten nukes last year, then you had two eighty three the year before. So I mean, you're showing both elements of the game like, is it to the point where like regional scouts for the Reds or like cross checkers are like talking to you or just what's the communication like there?
2: See, not not me for the most part. Um, they kind of just let me do my thing, which you know I appreciate because I feel like you know whether or not I'm gonna be a major leaguer is dependent on you know how well I can prepare myself and you know how good I can make myself. Um, so I don't want to you know rely on anybody else for that, regardless. But you know they they definitely like on base percentage they like being a team that steals bases which you know there's something I do um but at some point it's like you know you can't strike out so much you got to get on base because you're a threat once you're on the base path so yeah. that's my own you know balance that
1: I have to figure out for myself and I'm looking at the high school you went here and that high school looks really familiar is that one of the powerhouses and, absolutely like okay because like I was gonna say I, when I see that name I think of just uh, ESPN high school football game of just like yep. Spencer, and obviously not Spencer Rowler, but like Spencer Rowler facing this school. So yeah. is, there, is, that a, is that a private school, I'm assuming? It is, it is.
2: Um, we weren't so much football. Uh, we were real good at basketball. We had Josh Perkins who played at Gonzaga. Um, and then baseball wise, you had David Peterson who's with the Mets. Uh, Max George who's with the Rockies. Reagan Todd with the Rockies. Those two are going to be big leaguers soon um yeah man we were we were legit that was it was a big sports high school um you know that's what we were known for but it was catholic it was you know a lot of a lot of good stuff is it all
1: boys was it an all-boys school
2: absolutely
1: well nightmare nightmare fuel. can't do it
2: it's not that bad like there's a boys division there's a girls division Oh,
1: okay so you see girls you see
2: girls though right lunch in like this little field in the middle of the schools um and you get to like hang out and socialize with women for like 30 minutes and you got to go back with the dudes and go okay learn. okay yeah. so
1: it's not like in my mind where it's like literally like an army academy where it's just guys like <laughs> yeah. that, that's what i had in my mind but wait a second though you're from cali so did, did that school okay, like- that's, that's a technicality i
2: was born there but lived there
1: for like six months Okay, so you're from Colorado. You live yeah. you, you grew up in Colorado. Okay, because I was gonna say, like, did this school like recruit you kind of like a IMG Academy situation? Yeah, that would be something you
2: get recruited in Colorado.
1: Yeah, no, well, Colorado, I actually so I went to school in Nebraska, which is uh McCook, Nebraska, which is like pretty mm-hmm. close to Colorado. I mean it's like a three hour sure. drive. We used to go there almost every weekend just get absolutely mangled. Of but course. Yeah. I love, I mean, I love Colorado. You want to talk about one of the most underrated States of all time. Holy shit. That place is absolutely electric, but you get drafted by the Rockies at a high school and you just said, fuck no. What's going on with that? Like how, what happened there? Um, I kind of, so high school, like I didn't
2: think I was gonna get drafted. Like I was having enough of a tough time, like getting recruited uh, in the first place. Like I wasn't really thinking about the draft and my parents wanted me to get my degree. Like I wanted to get my degree. I didn't want to have to go back. Yeah. And so whatever teams would talk to me before uh, you know, the high school draft, I was like asking for a million dollars. I was like, if, (laughs) if I'm going to get drafted now, I'm just going to get paid. Um, And I played on this Rocky scout team and they just kind of took me as a courtesy pick. And then, (laughs) and that's the end of the story. There's nothing else.
1: Yeah. But so let me, so, but how, how did you have troubles getting like, Uh, recruited if you're getting drafted out of high school I mean how does that make sense like was there like how many schools were talking to you a lot of schools were talking to me but nobody was like making me offers like I
2: was I was like a middle child of too good for like the d2s and the juco sorry and the jucos yeah and then like not good enough for like the power 5 d1s and so like I had West Virginia make me an offer but that's a, I mean, why didn't you go there? Alec Manoa. Right. I, dude, that's another thing. I played with Sam Kessler, um, who also went to West Virginia. He's with the Tigers right now. That team was so good. And like everybody I've met from that West Virginia team is <laughs> awesome. And I'm like, man, you know, I, I didn't even really consider it in high school. Cause I'm like West Virginia, man, I'm, that's not the place for me, but dude, that could have been real fun.
1: Dude, like, especially the, the development there, you get to, like, face off against in the fall. You get to face, like, Alec Manoa and shit. Like, that team was insane, man. Dude, I faced Manoa in Cape Cod, and I never want to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he's yeah, that's definitely a type of guy where you see in, like – I mean, you see in, like, high school or you see in, like, universities, like, this guy's going to be in the show for a very long period of time.
2: Yeah, I, I honestly think that that's the first moment where I was, like – Goddamn, I'm overmatched right now. Yeah. And this guy is tapped into something that I'm not on yet. Like, I'm not on this dude's level.
1: Well, it's like, and I always say this it's like, it's it's easier to be a pitcher and be more elite than it is to be a hitter, right? I mean, so much
2: easier, dude.
1: Yeah, it's definitely easier, but I, I mean, the Cape Cod League, you also get reality checks, like the, wh- where I should be if I want to be a first rounder, where I should be. Yeah, I think you at two eighty six yeah. in the Cape Cod League, right? So I mean, you held your own there. Was that like a another point for you where you're like, all right, man, like I, I'm pretty good at this game of baseball here.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a lot of learning that summer. Like I came off the WAC Player of the Year. And I was, like, in the running for Team USA, the college national team. Yeah. And I was, like, an alternate or something like that. So I'm going to Cape Cod. And on one hand, it's, like, I'm coming from a school that nobody's heard of. But, like, I also might be leaving in a couple weeks to go to fucking Team USA. Like, that would be. (laughs) And I, like, balled out for the first, like, month. And I'm, like, waiting on my Team USA call. Never shows up. And I checked, like, halfway through the season. I'm hitting, like, 350. And then it was like all down from there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's Again. baseball
2: though. Exactly. No, it totally is. It's like you have one half of the season, your lights out, like everything's clicking. And then the second half, you know, you got to struggle and you got to figure it out. And you know, when you're sitting there facing Alec Manoa, that's that's
1: tough. <laughs> so how close were you to being on the team USA team? Like what yeah. happened there?
0: I'll never like
1: actually know. Um, they never spoke to me. I was like
2: leaving Grand Canyon after my exit meeting, after our conference tournament was over and my coach was like, Hey, do you have a passport? And I was like, no, he's like, well, you need to get one because team USA might call you up and you might have to go to like Cuba. I don't know, even know where the games were, but I'm playing like the first couple of weeks in Cape Cod against Andrew Vaughn. Holy shit. uh, And I get like, I got a picture of like a pitching change and I'm on second base and I'm sitting there talking with all these dudes. And then, like a week later, they're gone on Team USA. And like, I still haven't heard anything. And so I just kind of gave up on it, figured they weren't going to call. And, you know, obviously they didn't. But it was, it was cool, man. It was like playing against those dudes. Andrew Vaughn, that's another guy who just like made his debut. And it's like, damn, I played against him like two years ago. It's weird. He's so good. <laughs> he's so good too. So- Holy exactly. Shit. It's like, God, yeah, he's just a really good hitter.
1: Yeah, and going into that junior year, obviously, where you rake, you get drafted eighth round by the Reds. Was that where you were, like, projected to go, or was it earlier? Because obviously you're coming off a whack player of the year, and maybe that's not a conference that's that respected by scouts. But Nick Gonzalez, I mean, he went first round, right? So it's, yeah. it, it's definitely respected by a lot of scouts and all that kind of stuff, I guess, contradicting yeah. myself. But was that where you were expecting to go? Because your numbers, like I said, video game numbers mm-hmm. in your college career, right? I mean, I was obviously hoping to go higher. And
2: from what I had heard, that's, you know, what I was expecting, like fourth or fifth round, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like as the day went on, it was just like the teams I was expecting to hear from weren't calling and then teams that I hadn't heard from were just popping up. And, you know, you think you'd have a plan and, you know, you hear about projections and you think you might have an idea of where you might go. But like once the actual draft starts, like all that stuff just goes out the window.
1: Yeah everything changes everything every single thing changes most guys get drafted by teams that they didn't even know knew they existed yeah. like that's just how it's like the game of baseball is so fucking crazy but some people may, might look at that 8th round draft pick and be like okay okay like whatever but dude that is a it for the game uh, for for the MLB draft that is a high pick dude i know <laughs> there's like 45 <laughs> rounds right yeah. you're going 8th round in the draft you're the 8th guy they picked mm-hmm. so it's like when you got drafted, obviously, and maybe you were like, all right, I'm, I want to go fourth, fifth round. Everyone wants to go higher or whatever, but you, right, you, right. Still have, you still had the dream of getting drafted. What was that moment like for you to be like, holy shit, like this is a guy that wasn't really recruited out of high school, picked as a courtesy pick for the Rockies because he was on the yeah. scout team, and now you're going eighth round, very high in the major league draft. Like what was that re- re- reality like for you?
2: I, I think it's just – like how much it says about going to college and like getting a ton of at bats and, you know, working with great coaches, uh, playing great competition during the summer, like I said, in Alaska and then Cape Cod Um and like actually developing and putting the time in as a player. Um You know, I, I was good in high school because like I was athletic and you know, it's, it's high school baseball in Colorado. It's not the most difficult thing in the world. Yeah. But I feel like if I had gone and, you know, signed with somebody out of high school, I probably would have been, you know, out of baseball in three or four years, (laughs) (laughs) honestly. Um, And like actually having, you know, the confidence that I had when I did get drafted, I was like, okay, you know, this is what's next for me. Um, You know, this is the next step in my progression as a player as opposed to call or uh, in high school, it felt like, you know, God, I'm, I'm probably not ready for this. And, Um, I feel like GCU was huge for me. Like that ended up being the best decision for me. Uh, And
1: and you see it both ways, right? I mean, you see guys that get drafted out of high school and they, and they pick to go to school and their draft stock plummets. And you see guys like you, where you get drafted in the 36th or 38th round, one of those rounds in the draft and you develop in school, you make a name for yourself. You play in the Cape Cod league, you do well there. Mm -hmm. And that you're, you're jumping 28 rounds in the draft. That's a massive, massive signing, but like you invest in yourself and you have, and you like potentially can get a degree or wherever you're one year away from it or anything like that. So it's like, there's two ways to look at it, but what would you tell to like a high school kid that's kind of on the brink right now that like sees the money that they're getting? Like, it's like, listen, $250,000 signing bonus. Mm -hmm. to not get a full ride out of university or not go to school like what would you tell a guy in that situation right now
2: i would say you know obviously it worked out for me um you know investing in myself and basically proving the player that i am um and then on top of that with nil and stuff like that in college right now which i got absolutely screwed by the fact that i did not have that like college is such a great option right now um But at the same time, I mean, if a team is going to financially invest in you and you feel like you're equipped for it, I mean, I think getting a jump on your pro career like that's huge, too. Um, it, It really just depends on what you need as a player. Like that's that's truthfully what it comes down to more than anything.
1: And was your high school team like one of those teams that was playing like had McDonald's All-Americans and had like ESPN was at your fucking was at your school like in for games shit like that or you your your team was on ESPN for basketball?
2: Um, we played. I think we they did do a couple games on ESPN for basketball. Um, we did a couple national tournaments. I actually played against Cole Tucker while we were both in high school in North yeah. Carolina. And like I was a sophomore, he's a senior and they were just talking about the dude, like everybody was, and he just went off that game. I think we ended up winning. Um, but I actually work out at the same spot as him. So I brought it up the other day and he was like, Oh shit, you know, I do remember that. It was it was crazy. Um, but yeah, man. You know, like I said, high school baseball in Colorado is not the greatest competition of all time. But you know, when you're playing those national tournaments, like you see guys who are going to be big leaguers. Like Tuki Toussaint was in that tournament. Um, Isaiah Gilliam, he's I forgot who he's with, but yeah, dude, there's a ton of ton of legit guys that we played. Against.
1: So you're training with you're training with Cole Tucker right now and his brother.
2: Um, I, I don't think Carson's been in there. I, I think he's rehabbing right now. Um, but yeah, Cole works out in the early group. I'm right after him. Um, yeah, bro. There's a lot of big leaguers. A lot of, so who's
1: in that group with you?
2: With me, it's, um, Corey Abbott with the Cubs, Tyson Miller with the Rangers Yeah, and Giles,
1: (laughs) like, Like, no, like a hundred mile Giles. Like I didn't realize it was him for like three days. (laughs) That's a Toronto legend. Exactly.
2: I love that guy. Yeah, he, he's just like a goofy dude. And I'm like, God, why do they keep calling this guy Ken? And finally, I just like I asked my trainer, I was like, hey bro, is that Ken Giles? He's like, Yeah, I'm like, so yeah. you're
1: training, you're training with the hundred miles Giles, Toronto yeah. Blue Jays legend. Legend. A, a, a guy that I legit. World love. Series champion. Yeah, World Series Champion. And you had no idea. So is no that idea. like is that one of the big guys in that group with you?
2: Yeah, yeah. So my group's only about four or five people. Um, kind of who's in our group?
1: So who's in like the first, who's in the bit? Who's in like the, the first group, like that early group uh, with Cole talk. Oh, the, cool, the cool people,
2: uh, Pat Murphy, uh, DJ Johnson. Jamie? Allen.
1: Is Jamie in there? Jamie Westbrook?
2: Uh-uh. I haven't, oh. seen, I haven't seen Jamie in a minute. Actually, I saw Jamie a couple weeks ago. I don't know where Jamie's working out at. Yeah. Um, Yancey Almonte's in that group, Justice Sheffield i'm forgetting people man, I man that's know.
1: a that's a massive faci- is that like one of the big facilities in az or what
2: yeah it's uh
1: it's called fisher institute it's this is spot bro like i'm gonna be so good next year i'm gonna be so flexible <laughs> how do you, so how, so how i always wonder that in the mind, like when or when you're like a pro baseball player in the offseason mm-hmm. how do you approach that like does your agent reach out to that like that company or how does it go it's um, it's kind of whatever you want.
2: Like some teams want you to work out at their spot at their complex, so like they can keep an eye on you. And for some teams, it's like, hey, that's an option if you don't want to go do your own thing. Yeah. But for the most part, it's on your own. Um, and then my agent, you know, recommended Fisher because he's like, hey, man, we've sent people there before and they loved it, and you know, they did good work there. And I'm like, yeah, bro, why not?
1: So you're gonna ball out next year. That's the plan. I hope. So, yeah. I, I mean, you hit 10 nukes last year. So, I mean, you balled out this year. It just, it, it's just a, a little bit. It's going to come, man. I mean, right. so w- what was like the biggest difference that you noticed in the minor league so far? Because obviously you don't really have that option to be like, it, there's not like a team aspect, right? Like you're not like playing for each other like you are in college where it's like, listen, let's go win a conference. Let's go win a natty. Like, everyone's kind of – there's still that team element, but everyone's like, I'm for myself here. You know what I mean? Like, what's the biggest difference you notice? You know,
2: it's not as, like, individual – wow. (laughs) Individualistic (laughs) as people might think. Um, Like, (laughs) I will say, the very last game of the season, um, our catcher was trying to get above 200, and he was at 199. And I was up right before him, like – last at bat, last game of the season, two outs. And I'm like, damn, bro, I got to get a knock right here. I got to get on base. So my boy can get over 200 and sure enough, I got a knock. And then right after he gets like a little (laughs) through the four hole, he hits two Oh one. And like our dugouts going crazy. Like it's, it's stuff like that, that, you know, reemphasizes that it's still a team game. It's like, if you invest in your teammates, if you invest in the team and like, it'll work out for you. Um, you know a lot of people a lot of pitchers a lot of position players will you know kind of clash and go back and forth about you know different stuff which we had a little bit this year with the, with the sticky stuff which I'm sure every team was dealing with that yeah um but you know you kind of learn like it is an individual sport but at the same time you know there're going to be guys who are going to be in people's weddings they're going to be you know friends for life so if you kind of treat it like it's you against the world, it'll kind of end up that way. But you know, if you invest in people, I figure out it'll you know, be the best way, best way to go about it.
0: The best way to learn a language? Immersion, living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash Bluewire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com/slash Blue Wire. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash blue wire. Rules and restrictions apply.
1: So what was it like in high A last year? I mean, what was the pitching like? Or what was like the facilities you like? I mean, obviously it's high A, so yeah. some some of the facilities are not top notch to say the least. I mean, we roast a lot of the minor league facilities on this podcast. Wow. So what was your time like in high A last year? Cause obviously, I mean, a lot of at bats, you got a lot of work in last year and mm-hmm. you got to like learn, like you said, you got to, you got, you got to learn a lot about your game and um, develop and all that kind of stuff. So it's definitely, I mean, it's, it's good to be playing baseball again for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, man.
2: High A was about what I expected. Um, more consistent pitching across the board you know, guys who have multiple breaking pitches and can command the zone a lot better. Um, and then another thing I kind of didn't realize is how good the defenses would be, which, you know, it's, it makes sense, you know, the higher you climb and especially once you get to the majors, like the reason a lot of people aren't hitting 300 anymore is because how good the defenders are, not just the pitching. Like I was losing hits all over the place. Like I had one, um, against the Cubs, I hit like 110 off the bat, like straight back up the middle And their shortstop, his name is Delvin Zinn. He stole, like, 40 bags, at least 40 bags this year. And he just, like, slides, spins around, throws me out by, like, three steps. Like, it's nothing. (laughs) I can't tell you how many hits I lost this year. And I'm, like, I'm looking at my average, and I'm, like, I'm not a bad hitter. Like, I can't be doing this bad, right? But it's, like, Damn, I'm losing a lot of hits out here. It's tough. Well, I mean,
1: what a lot of the scouts look at now is like OPS and OBP, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's like one of the biggest things, which is these stat nerds that fucking are taking over the game of baseball. So, but one thing that really stands out to me is you had 24 fucking stolen bases last year. I mean, what the, are you getting the steal sign every time you touch a fucking base or what's the deal?
2: I was just running. Like they told us this year, if you can steal, just do it. And that's, the perfect way to like learn your limit as a base dealer. Um, So if you look on their like billings, I stole eight bags and got thrown out eight times. Like that's not enough volume and it's like a way too low of a percentage of success. And so this year I'm like, I'm going to pick my spots better. I'm going to learn, you know, when I should go instead of just like taking off and thinking that I can just straight up beat the catcher in a race. And like this year, I would just pick up on the pitcher. And I'm like, if this guy is, Slow to the plate at all. I'm just gonna go. Like I don't really care who's behind the plate, and that's kind of just what I did. Um, like I'd get on base, and or you know I'd be in the dugout watching the guy, and if I picked up on a tendency, I'm you know I'm not gonna wait around. I'm just gonna go.
1: Yeah, you know what? That's the good thing about the miners is is like if they you kind of have free will to kind of do what you want. You know what I'm saying? Like if you want to steal a base, fucking steal a base. Like they're not gonna stop you from that. Did you lead lead the organization stolen bases last year, or like were you up there with it? Dude, there were two guys on our team that beat me in a solo basis. Holy shit. Really? How many How many they have? Like 30? 35? Uh, One guy had, I
2: want to say 42.
1: Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, he had like 42 and then the other dude had about 30. And we got, I mean, I have to talk about this because on one of my trips for junior college, we would drive 16 hours to play in Montana, which is the dumbest fucking thing of all time, going from Nebraska to Montana. And this area we played at, I, I I thought I was on fucking Mars. I had, Like, obviously, I'm from Toronto, so it's just, like, completely different, right? Like, completely different lifestyles down there. What was it like playing in Montana? Because you're literally on, like, a deserted island pretty much with nothing to do. Like, there's literally nothing to do. You know,
2: Billings, where I was at, was awesome. Like, if I was anywhere else, I probably would have hated it. Yeah. But Billings is... Actually, a lot like Denver, just a bit smaller. Um, great people, great ballpark. We had real good facilities there. Um, but man, whenever we go on the road, we were we were in Great Falls, Idaho. Oh my God! Oh, great Falls, Montana, which is where the White Sox uh, affiliate used to be. Yeah. And like they had one batting cage with just a ton of holes in it. Like there's holes in the screen. Like our hitting coach got hit probably three times and just said, "Fuck it, I'm done." And just like. <laughs> And God, where we stay? at? We stayed at a Days Inn when we were in Falls. Well, yeah. And there's a Safeway like a mile down the road. Um, there's an Arby's like in the parking lot, and then there's like limited stuff on DoorDash. So it's it's just slim pickings, man. It was tough out there. Um, we played in Idaho Falls, in Idaho, which was not Nightmare. much better. I, yeah, man. Like I I love the fact that you know these places you don't get to watch live baseball at a real good level but at the same time it's like man
0: (laughs) what are we doing
1: no i feel that man like do you have any fucked up minor league stories like funny minor league stories from your career with like fans or just facilities or hotels you stayed at or just fucked up things in general yeah dude i got a lot (laughs) <laughs> give, give me your funniest story i'll clip it put it on twitter let's get this shit popping give me your funniest story because we've had funny ass stories on this podcast as you can see but what's hey, your hey, like hey. mona lisa funny story
2: so we're at home uh in dayton it's late in the season like everybody's getting ready to you know pack it up and go home and this dude in the outfield keeps yelling at me and he's like
0: hey hey cotton you bring me some bubble gum i'll give you a beer
2: and People will like suggest this all the time, like, "Hey, if you give me a baseball, I'll give you a beer." And I always give them a ball, like hoping, <laughs> and they never do. And I didn't. I don't know how I'd actually like get the beer off the field, but I bring like a ton of bubble gum out to this dude, <laughs> and I'm running it out there, like in between innings, like right as the catcher's throwing down, and I'm like trying to throw this bubble gum up out of my glove, and he's trying to catch it and he's like dropping half of it back onto the field. And I'm like, Oh shit. Like the game's about to start. Like I got to go. And this dude like leaves a cup of beer on the rail of the outfield. Like he was true to his word, actually did it. And like the game ended and I kind of noticed it, but I'm like, you know, what? I can't be drinking
1: like stranger's beer. <laughs> That's not a good visual either, but the dude actually did it. So I'm I'm really impressed. That's electric. That yeah. is a great story because you get those fans that just want like want the baseball and they'll just yeah. pretend they'll do whatever that fucking takes for it. That guy put his balls on the table and that guy actually pulled through. So credit to that guy, man. Yeah. That's good for that dude. He spent a whole $10 just on offense. Yeah. I mean, so Bubba go and uh who was a couple of big like prospects you played with in your so far in like your mind of the career, like top five, like in the system or just top 10 guys? Man. Like,
2: man, we had Nick Ladola when we were in Dayton. Um, and he's, he's just the greatest dude. Um, futures game?
1: He was in the futures game? Yeah.
2: Yeah, he was. So I, I love watching him pitch. Um, and I was playing center field in Billings and like, I just watched his ball just, just <laughs> so much fun to watch. And like, I don't think he walked anybody for the first, like 50 or 60 innings it might be oh my god a long time without walking like anybody um let's see who else we got we had Ivan Johnson and Mike Ciani Um, uh, I think they're both in the top 10 those two I ended up living with them in Dayton for the second half of the season uh and they're huge soccer fans and so I got into like the English Premier League oh you're your EPL guy dude I'm, I'm getting into it and like I'd be forgetting that Chelsea. I picked Chelsea for some reason. Okay. You're a Chelsea guy. Not yeah, respect the, guy, that. The, the people that just won, you know, the champions league, I'm a, <laughs> yeah. I'm a bandwagon, but I'll be forgetting that they have games. Like I'll hop on Instagram in the morning. It's like, Oh, Chelsea just drew with Watford. And I'm like, what the, we had a
1: goddamn game. Today. <laughs> <laughs> no dude. So, so you're, so Nick Lodolo is one of those guys. I mean, mm-hmm. he's dis- like, he's going to be a big leaguer for a really long, I mean, this oh, guy's yeah. a freak of nature and, one of our guys, friends of the show, that is from Arizona, maybe you know him, Futures Game MVP, Brendan Davis. Oh, right? I know Brendan very well. That's yeah. my guy. I mean, that's, that's my, my guy, guy right there. Yeah. How good is he? He's this, He's so fucking good. Well, he. I was going to bring him up right after I brought up the other guys because that's my boy, and I got to plug
2: him anyway. But he was up in South Bend for, like, the last two or three days of a series, and I think we got him out, like, twice. And he had, like, four walks, like, two homers, a double – He just showed up, hopped off the plane, started raking, like went up to double A, raked there, went to the Futures game, raked there, went to triple A, raked there. It's just, dude, we keep talking about people who can just fucking hit. He's another one of them.
1: Yeah, it's just some guys that just – they wake up, they don't need any BP, and it's just straight, absolute rake city. You'd love to see it, especially – he's such a good guy too. Like yeah, especially one of my friends. I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah, he's such a good guy. So, I mean, pl- playing for – I mean, playing in the minors and all this kind of stuff, do you have any, like, rivalries maybe with a couple other guys and orga- organizations or did your team – I mean, so obviously, like I said, tensions get high sometimes. You're playing in the dog days of summer. Your God knows wherever the fuck you are. Was there close instances where it's like, listen, man, I might come fisticuffs with this dude. Like, did you have any instances like that? Or was there a rivalry with you and someone? You know, I, I did have like an accidental rivalry one time in Montana.
2: Um, like there are four teams in that league. So you get to know the other teams pretty well. And one of their guys was walking over and hitting BP. And he's like, hey, check out this bat. It gives me a bat swing a little bit i like it he's like hey you want to trade i'm like yeah yeah so I, you know throw him one of my bats go out there first step out of the game and hit a bomb with this dude's bat so you know jog around the bases i touch home plate and i like he's dh that day so he's sitting in the dugout and i kind of like point at him go back to the dugout like nothing happened a couple of bats later i get up there and it's just this dude who's throwing like 95 and just does not know where it's going <laughs> <laughs> and he like buzz the tower on the first one. I'm like, damn, I get back in there. And then he drills me in the hip and like, I go to first, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I get back in the dugout. My manager is like, now, you know, and I'm like, now I know what, and he's like, you can't show up the other team. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, when you hit that home run, you put it in there. I was like, I was like, did I just get hit on purpose? He's like, yeah, they just drilled you for doing that. And I was like, Oh no, I was just pointing at my boy. He's like, Oh, <laughs> so, like, nobody nobody actually knew. What like, I think these dudes were, like, ready to fight, and I had no clue. So I just, what? like, I just wore it, went to first, like, nothing.
1: So, did that guy at least stand up for you, or he just, like, yeah, hit this fucking guy. Like, what happened?
2: Dude, I don't know. Like,
1: I didn't really get a chance to talk to him about it again,
2: but I kind of just forgot about it. I was like, shit, man, I'll take the help on my own base for sense. That's second. That's <laughs> so.
1: incredible. You got, you got beamed on purpose, and you had no idea. Like, no. that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> that is incredible. Good for I you. Think, yeah, man. I that, don't think I've made any enemies this season. That's the miners, man. The
2: umpires, bro. <laughs> yeah,
1: how bad are the umpires and the miners?
2: Man, but some it, of them, first of all, they're doing their best. Like, I yeah. know they're doing their best. And I know that they're learning, but it's like sometimes you're like influencing people's paychecks, and you just gotta be better sometimes. Yeah. I mean. And that's another thing is sometimes the way that they'll like talk about it or talk about themselves. Like there were a couple of times where I had the day off and I'd go coach first base, you know, I'm trying to be sociable and talk to the, you know, the field umpire. And they're like, Oh yeah. You know, like I have the highest called correct strike rate in the minor leagues. And I'm like, I know for a fact that you don't (laughs) True. True. Up and actually, I mean that's kind of cool that they you know do rate them and you know actually keep them accountable to some degree. But it's weird, bro. And there's sometimes like being a competitor and like you you kind of cross the line and then like you see the dude at Buffalo Wild Wings the next day. It's like a little bit <laughs> awkward. We're staying in the same hotels that we are. Yeah, like, we see these umpires like all the time. It's just it's it's yeah. kind of funny.
1: I think Um, there needs to be more accountability though. And like, especially major leagues, you have guys like fucking angel Hernandez, like still calling balls and strikes. Like I, I, there needs to be more accountability. There needs to be some sort of aspect where guys are getting called up or sent down because like angel Hernandez could have like a 30% correction strikeout rate one game and he'll never get sent down to the minors. He'll never lose a paycheck but mm-hmm. if one of you guys strike out a shit ton or just don't succeed in the majors, your ass is down there in a second. Why yeah. aren't they held accountable like the players? Doesn't make any sense. Yeah,
2: honestly. Although one thing that, you know, I think people don't necessarily realize, um, you know, umpires weren't a big issue for me in like high school or college because like if somebody steals a strike on you, it's probably okay. But yeah. now it's like hey, man, I only get three strikes, and, like, I'm trying to make the most of all of them. So you yeah. you got to be tight back there because the dude on the mound is, you know, not slipping up very much.
1: Who's who's one guy you played this year or you face in the box where it's like this guy's going to be the potential all of – like this guy's the best pitcher I've ever seen?
2: Hmm. I would say – I think his name is Jerson Ramirez with the Indians. Um, We just called him slider guy because he threw his slider, like – 70% of the time Jesus and you know, cause it worked <laughs> like, I feel like I don't need to say any more than that. It was like 3000 spin rate or something like that. And you, the first time he pitched against us, he like, he diced everybody. And then the next day he's in the outfield running poles, like barefoot while we're hitting BP and our pitchers are like, Hey, 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 how do you, how do you throw that? And he's like, Oh, I just like walk around and do this all day. What? And, I don't know. The dude the
1: dude is different. He's different. Pictures are different. Pictures are different. And, and we're talking we're talking about man, we're talking about umpires though. And you could be honest here, because like I said, you stole a lot of bases last year. Was there a couple close calls where you got called safe but you were out? Be honest. There are some times I got picked off when they called me safe. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like, I, I got away with a few. Really? Yeah, i I'm good at selling it, but there were a couple of times at second base where like I had to do a little you swim know what I mean? Move.
1: Yeah, a little yeah. swim move. Your yeah. their
2: eyes just like can't process how quick I'm moving. So it's not it's not their fault. We don't
1: have instant replay yet. I won't blame them. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. What was your Mona Lisa game of the year this year? Like, what was your game of the year? Like, did yeah. you ever did you ever go like four for four with like two doubles a bomb? <laughs> I had a, I had a good one. Uh we're in Lake County, Ohio. Facing Michigan. the Indians, the Indians, minor league team. And
2: Lake County, Ohio is only second to Las Cruces, New Mexico in terms of quality. Yeah. And I was like 0 for on the series going into Friday. And I go 0 for three or 0 for three, my first at bat's Friday. And I get like a little ass out double um, on my last at bat. And I'm like, all right, I got a hit in the series. We go into Saturday. Um, I'm hitting like sixth or seventh. Like I'm down in the lineup. Like I'm I'm down bad, bro. And first at bat, it's like run, run second. I just fight my ass off three, two count. I like spoil a slider, slap it in the gap for a, a little RBI single. Second at bat, another RBI single, like a laser to left center. And I'm two for two. And. What did I do? Oh, I'm two for two. And I go down. O two. my third at bat. And I go oppo tank to right field. And I'm just like, Oh shit. Like. You know, it's happening like today's the day. So I'm three for three. I got four RBIs. I got a bomb. Um, I'm going up for my fourth at bat and they make a pitching change. They bring in this lefty and I fucking tee off this dude. First pitch. He throws (laughs) another bomb four for four. And I come in and like step on home plate. I go back to the dugout and something possessed me. I'm like, welcome to the game, bitch. And I said, that's my dugout. And there was one kid who repeated that to me for the rest of the season.
1: <laughs> dude, it's just something takes over you, man, when you're buzzing like that, when you're feeling yourself. Yeah. You you don't know what happens there, man. It's just you blank. And I respect the hell out of that. Like, I, I'd be the caucus dude of all time. So, and then the second last thing I want to talk about here is obviously, like I said, you're coming up in the system. You keep going level to level here. Have guys, like, talked to you or prepared you for, like, what it's like in double-A, like, pitching-wise? Because they say double-A is the hardest one. Like they say, like, if you make it through double A, that's where the pitchers are, where it's like skill actually meets like raw talent with the pitchers, like where they actually are like kind of developed. So have guys like talk to you about that level?
2: You know, most of the stuff I've heard has been like, hey, man, double A is not that bad. So now I'm like getting conflicting information. So I don't know how to feel about this. But I feel like more guys are throwing strikes and they can actually execute their pitches. And so I think it'll be better, like, the way that my swing is geared and the way that, like, my approach is geared. But I've definitely had a lot of people saying, you know, at this level you should expect this. And, like, I've had pitchers, one of my best friends, um, Braxton Roxby, who got called up to Double A about halfway through the season and then got sent back down and was like, hey, dude, like, this is the stuff that I have to work on, and, like, this is what you should start to work on for when you get up there. And I'm like, oh. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, dude, the I mean, the, the Reds they I mean they it's they're kind of slow with like guys coming up. We had Jonathan Indy on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, that guy's I mean, you want to talk about guys that are nasty at the game of baseball. Holy mm-hmm. shit. That guy, I mean, rookie of the year is that good. So oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's just the the Reds actually they, they're kind of slow with calling guys up, but they're actually not at the same time. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, so is that your goal next year is to like make it up, like obviously make it through double A, maybe get like that late season call to triple A or is it like triple A next year? Like, what's your goal?
2: You know, I, I kind of don't think that far ahead. Um, I figure if I play how I should play, it'll take care of itself, honestly. And I know that's like a cliche answer, but you know, if I say, Oh, well, I got to go to double A this year, you know, maybe like I'm setting my sights too low or maybe, yeah. Oh, I want to make it to triple A this year. Maybe that's unrealistic, but I'm kind of just like focused on playing my game. So and- what?
1: You- yeah, no, that's a great answer. What yeah. are you working? Like, what are you working on specifically? Like, like I said, you, like you said, I guess that like that strikeout mm-hmm. rate, bringing down. But I mean, with the stolen base percentage you have, especially last year and the amount of home runs you hit, it's like you get the best of both mm-hmm. worlds where it's speed meeting power but what's one specific thing? Like, are you changing like something in your swing or your approach maybe next year? Like, what do you like pregame routine? What are you like changing? Um,
2: I'd say swing wise, mechanically, I'm not trying to change anything. I'm more or less like working on my mobility and my strength as a way to improve my swing where it's at, like generate more force and be able to you know use my body more efficiently to be a better hitter and doing that is going to help my power it's going to help you know my contact rate my hard hit rate and you know on top of that the other element is plate discipline and the reds were nice enough, nice enough to give us these virtual reality headsets with um win reality that um software you just throw it on and you can take live at bats against like any big leaguer yeah and so it's like a mix of pitches, fastball, sliders, and then you do different drills with, um, you know, pitch recognition. Wow. Balls and strikes. Like it's a ton of stuff. Um, and so I kind of, I'm trying to lay it out for myself where it's like, you know, if I improve, improve my plate discipline, I'll get more pitches to hit. And when, you know, I improve my strength, I'll do more with those pitches to hit. So it's like, it's all right there. It's just a matter of putting it together. Um But, you know, on top of that, like I'm working with weighted baseballs, a lot of arm care to try and improve my throwing arm, Um, you know, improving defense is another thing. Like once January starts up again and GCU starts practicing, like I'll be out there probably four days a week, just like shagging BP, just, you know, getting reads. Um, So really every aspect of my game, like I want to be a five tool player. And so I have to work on every aspect of that.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, so with, with the virtual reality, is that something like you do every single day? Like you'll you'll get live at-bats just to like, because how does that work? Like, how do you know you're actually taking good pitches? Like, it's because it's... Uh...
2: So I don't do it like every day. I try to do it a couple of times a week, but you have the headset on and it's basically you're standing in the box and they can put whoever out on the mound and you watch the pitch come in and you have a strike zone in front of you and you have a little remote basically if it's a strike you click the trigger if it's a ball you don't and then you can set it to okay i'm only going to click the trigger on fastballs and not breaking balls and it'll give you feedback in real time basically saying if you're clicking it on fastballs right and then it'll show you like within the zone it's like this is where this pitch came in and it'll say you know this is the velocity and this was it's pretty cool stuff man Uh, a a lot of teams are getting into it but you know the fact that they sent us into the off season with you know the equipment to like prepare ourselves for next year is fucking awesome.
1: So like, could, could you see it potentially like working? Like, could you see like it, does it translate to real life? Or? You know, some aspects
2: of it absolutely. Um, I think with like zone discipline for sure. Yeah, what I do have an issue with is pitch recognition. Um, like a literal baseball, you can see the seams. Yeah, with this you know it's it's a little bit different you can get a little bit of the arc but if you're trying to read scenes you can't exactly do that um or maybe i just need glasses i yeah. don't know we'll see
1: i don't know but the, that's, i feel like every team uses it um, i'm fascinated with that that's yeah, so, it's, that's weird that's good stuff it's just i feel like it would like fuck me up because i would be so used to seeing like a virtual reality kind of pitch and all that mm. kind of stuff that when i'd get to a game i'd be like absolutely clueless like me for instance <laughs> I, you know was, what I mean
2: dude i you gotta try it somehow there's gotta be if you have
1: an oculus or something like that you gotta find a way to try it it's, it's so cool really no it looks yeah. cool it sounds cool man i mean yeah that's fucking crazy man if you showed that to fucking fraud boy babe ruth he'd be beside himself if he saw it. i know it. he would
2: have no chance yeah i'm just gonna say that i don't yeah. know able to strike out babe ruth facts
1: facts I mean like a, a high level division one junior college player would strike out Babe Ruth. So yeah. yeah, it's just, he's never seen it before, but I, that that's fine. But anyways, man, like I said, dude, obviously I'll, far, I'll see what you do next year. Obviously the man, the Reds, like i like i said with india i mean india was in the show he barely played triple a or i think he went from double a AA triple a so they're, they're not scared to fly guys for system if you have success i'm fired up to see what you do man i appreciate you coming on the podcast man you're electric and maybe gcu hit me up let's get something going here maybe a potential first pitch or something maybe send me some gear we'll figure mm-hmm. something out absolutely appreciate you my man